daily podcast where we discuss the movie Tombstone minute by minute. I'm your co-host, Rob. And guess who's here? Joe's here! Yeah. Uh, you know, episode 100. 100. I mean, that's not counting um, the one we recorded because someone, someone died. That's true, but this is but, minute 100. Yeah, like, that's a lot. That's more than, uh, you know, some of these movie-by-minute things, minute-by-movies, whatever they call them. Some of them don't get this far because the movie's not long enough. Fact. That's right. We're going to, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take it all the way to the bitter end. We're going to keep it 100 for this minute at least. Yeah, we always do, but especially, like, let's keep it 101. Um, in this minute, Joe, we see the fate of Mr. <laughs> Fabian. This is our last zany minute. <laughs> It's our last zany minute. <sighs> That's sad. Do you need a little time to collect yourself with that? I will just have to do the phantom minute by minute. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this minute starts with um, Behan and the Cowboys. We see Johnny Ringo again. He's been missing. Um, we see they, they approach and stop a stagecoach, and then we see... That Mr. Fabian is dead. Um, terrible. Terrible. And we see Behan ask her, are you all right? <laughs> um, and she says, what do you care? It was your friends. And now, Joe, things are starting to get a little real. We're starting to realize, people are starting to realize that when you kill people, there are consequences. <laughs> yes. Um, after about two dozen deaths uh, that we've seen so far in this movie uh, Josephine has had enough Um, and I love this moment when she goes what do you care it was your friends right and then Ike who is still on the top (laughs) of our leaderboard on the incompetent leaderboard yeah just is like must be oh I know who committed this murder (laughs) I'll tell everyone here uh, the two people who probably murdered this man. <laughs> like, they're part of the Cowboys. Why would he bring that? No one asked. She didn't say who did this. Instead, we have Ike just be like, just so you know, it was these two Cowboys because they, they just left here. I yeah, bet you it was just, them. That, uh, <laughs> it's like the uh, he, he's the first mansplainer. Yes. Actually, we know who it was. It was probably these two guys. They left last night. And they were not friends of BN. <laughs> Yeah, actually, they they didn't even get along with Behan. Not none of us really do. It's more of a marriage of convenience. But if Ike is a bad guy, and he is part of the Cowboys, and as far as we can understand, he is one of the top in control. He gives people orders. No, he no, he gets ordered. Um, he takes someone with him. Why would he be like? I'll just tell you who committed this crime. He's an idiot. <laughs> Why is he even still allowed to be a cowboy? I don't know. After the train station, where he is just absolutely humiliated for the second time. But they don't know that. He probably told them a different story. There's a lot of people there. I know it's a different town, but there's a lot of people there that saw that. That's true. That's true. Um, And and Curly Bill's a lot of things. Well, now, I mean, now he's dead, but... 
I'm sure that he had to report back to Curly Bill to let him know if the business was done. And we're meant to believe that Curly Bill heard this story and then (laughs) believed Ike's tale and then just let him still be a cowboy. Come on. Also, to kind of tie some loose ends here, Claiborne, who he mentions, is Billy Claiborne. He's the guy who was at the OK Corral, and right before the gunfight started, he ran off. (laughs) The Cowboys have a lot of dudes that just run away when there's trouble, which I actually really like, because I think in most, like, criminal gangs of any size, or just just groups of humans in general, like, every group of friends or whatever... Like, yeah. if there's a fight, a few people would just run away, like yep. Rob. Yep. <laughs> uh, a few people that would run towards the fight, and although they'll remain nameless. But yep. I, Rob and I both immediately know who I'm talking about. Yeah, but and, I would run. Well, no. But I, yeah, uh, I actually was good. They were going to remain nameless because they weren't on the podcast. But actually, <laughs> Meeks would run towards the fight. Yes, he would. Sorry if this offends. Um, <laughs> he would absolutely run towards it. <laughs> but he's not um, a he's not a fighter anymore. But if if uh, Rob ordered a drink and the bartender made fun of him and slapped him, Meeks would probably try to fight that bartender. But if Meeks was ordering a drink and the bartender slapped him, I would just say, "I'll have what he has." <laughs> I mean, sir, please slap me. <laughs> whatever you whatever you just did. If I let you slap me, will you not get mad when I don't know what to get? <laughs> Uh, speaking uh, of being slapped, uh, uh, silly boy, silly nilly, silly Billy here, <laughs> sister boy, that's his nickname. He's very sad. Billy Breckenridge is very sad here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. Do you okay. think that Zany was underused in this movie? Yes. It's been so long since we saw him that this death doesn't isn't as meaningful, really. Like... They need to have one more scene within the last 20 minutes where he does or says something cool for this to mean something. Yeah, because all we really see from him is we see him show up with Josephine. We see him perform at the show, and we see him go to the bar, and he's nice to Billy. Yeah. And what's weird, because, like, all that said, isn't Mr. Fabian a really memorable character when you consider he's barely in this movie? Yeah, I guess he is. Um, thanks, Billy Zane. Killed it, and then got killed in this movie. Um, but well, if it was played by somebody else, would it be? I don't know. I really no. I don't know. I don't know if it would be. I think Billy Zane. I think I. I give all this is Zane. This is Zane being Zane. <laughs> okay. This he was in Zane in the membrane. <laughs> Jeez, that's your worst one yet. Uh, so Brecken Bre- Billy Breckenridge is very sad. Um, and we find out that Mr. Fabian was killed trying to stop them from taking Josephine's watch. Maybe not a battle worth having. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would say that. Well, I mean, come on. He's, he's lived in Tombstone for a while. There's been, like, d- gunfights like, well, every uh, okay, night. Okay, and actually, that's, that's kind of what I was talking about the other day. Like, they don't show the Cowboys ever doing stuff like that. Just, like, robbing innocent women and stagecoaches and, like, all of that petty crime and stuff. They never they really show ran. them doing anything. Yeah, they almost run over a little kid who stupidly ran out into the road. 
Like that's like the worst thing a random cowboy does is that. And that's why Virgil does the gun control ordinance. But like if they would have shown more stuff like that of of the cowboys just robbing just innocent people, all of this this whole last half hour of the movie would be would be so much more effective. But instead it happens off screen and they just kind of talk about it. And and there's no reason for that. You you got to show this group doing that stuff. But whatever. Anyways, but this minute's good, I think. Poor Zany. Yeah. Poor Zany indeed. Um do um, you uh Go ahead. Well, I guess Do you think like okay? So, what do you think the circumstances of this robbery like? Since we never really see the cowboys committing this kind of theft, yeah. Like, do you think that like are they is when they're in the carriage? I it must imagine, be right. And so they're just robbing the car. They're just robbing the carriage then. I imagine it's I- identical to what happens to Bruce Wayne's parents at the beginning of <laughs> 1989's Batman. And, and the eight other times a Batman movie has redone yeah, that. Where essentially they went to steal her watch and then he tried to stop it and he got shot. Hmm. That's so how you're I saying, what, So what you're that. saying is that Billy Zane should play the next Batman. Oh. I'd, I'm in for that. <laughs> Would you rather have Ben Affleck or Billy Zane be Batman? I want Billy Zane to be Batman and Ben Affleck direct it. Uh, instead, now it's going to be Ben Affleck is Batman and, and someone else directs it. I actually but, never saw Batman or Superman. That's fine. And no one has told me I should. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I don't, the people don't listen to this to hear us no. talk about that, but it's, I mean, if you want to hear Joe go in on like uh, fascist lawmen, then just have him do a Batman versus Superman minute because uh, I've got a lot of things to say about that. Is I I, I kind of don't want to dive too far into this, um, because it, it's more of an episode for our next minute. But is Billy Breckenridge at this point the proper amount of sad? Uh, I mean, I think there's been a. I think that maybe there's maybe a a, a romance of some kind that occurred at some there, point between Billy, uh, between Zane and Breckenridge. Fabian and Breckenridge, yeah. I, th- I think I, he's pretty sad, and he should be. And, and like, we did see Fabian was very nice to him that no one else really has. Been. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. I don't have any pity for Breckenridge. Like, what do you think was going to happen? Like, I know. You're strong enough to, like, kind of be fairly open, in in my opinion, about your sexuality. And, 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 and Mr. Fabian also was, too. And and was super was really really nice to him. And the cowboys, aside from Curly Bill, who also also might be gay, were really mean to him. <laughs> yeah. And I don't blame him for not wanting to be buddies with the Earps. Those guys are like Morgan aside, they're fuck, they're grouches. Yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't blame him for not liking them either. But like the, the whole thing with him like joining with the cowboys is silly and ridiculous and shouldn't have happened. Um. So Josephine goes on a little monologue here about how 
oh, she doesn't understand any of this, and she just knows it's ugly, which she's correct on. Yeah. And then she sort of, you know, calls them ugly, and what they do is ugly. And I agree with her. I think Josephine is correct in what she says. I will also say the Cowboys are bad. Yes. But then she does go off, spoilers, to Mary Wider. (laughs) Yeah. Who is also bad. (laughs) So Who, I don't know. in in this movie, uh, his kill count, or him and his vendetta group, or kill counts at twenty. He bl- shoots somebody in the mouth in the middle of a small business. Yeah, because if we don't count the wedding sequence, which well, let's not count it because as far as we know, the Earps don't know that that was. There's the no way that they, there's happened. no way anyone in Tombstone knows about that. So all they've done is they shot Fred White. Accidentally, accidentally, kind of. They they shot at Virgil and the Earp women, and they killed. Ab, that's after the OK Corral thing. Yes, and they killed Morgan. It's is that it? The the ledger is not even, is what I'm saying. (laughs) No, it's not. Um. Uh. Yeah. All right. Let's stop talking about this minute because people tune into this to hear us talk about nonsense. So the we what we've been saving for you said we want to do this Friday. Who should have played Warren Earp? Who should right, have played I've, Warren? I've got Earp. I've got three. I've I've got my answer ready. Oh, you have three. But I have two. I I, I well I, I have one real one. Do you want the real one first? I have two real ones and one fake one now. So let's alternate. Let's start with the real ones. You go first. Okay, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Why? Why is that funny? You know what? I laughed, but I think about it a little bit, <laughs> and I'm still gonna laugh because he's the brother of the Earps. <laughs> but I will say this: I think I've read previously that in the Old West there was many uh, black cowboys actually, because if you had, you know, if you, you know, escaped from slavery, you could go out west and like at least you're not a slave. Maybe he took. Maybe maybe he could say that he's a white man, and he just really took advantage of the great tanning beds they have out there in Tombstone. <laughs> just like uh, Billy Clanton. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I, I do think this movie just needs a little bit of levity, but uh, mid '90s Eddie Murphy was not exactly at the peak of his powers. Th- that's uh, not my real answer, but I actually I think my other two answers are really really good. Okay, but let me so do I'll one of mine. Let go. me do one of mine. Okay, I went a little different, but I thought if we want levity, if we want comedy, there's only one choice here: Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> and he he would have a mule. Like he would have... <laughs> that's a great answer. Okay, that that's so funny that you that you mentioned that because last night, um, uh. Kind of, it was kind of late last night, and I was trying to debate between watching a movie and reading a book. And I was looking at what was streaming, and I saw that Hoffa was streaming, and I've never seen that before. Okay, have you? I have. Okay, is it good? I saw it so long ago. Okay, I, it's not memorable. And it, All right, but I mean, I was just like thinking me. about is it, like, well, that's a fascinating figure in American history. Yep. Jack Nicholson is a great actor. Yep. Danny DeVito directed it, I believe. Okay. Yes, he did, which is awesome. Yeah. And he also was the co-star. 
And then you know how like um, Netflix kind of like when you hover over a movie, will start running through like a kind of a fake trailer of it. Yeah. So one of the like scene like little shots they showed is Danny DeVito just like jumping off the stage and tackling a guy. <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard. And then uh, and then I noticed it's two hours and 20 minutes long and it was late. So I didn't watch it. But uh, I do think I am going to watch it soon. David Mamet wrote that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so David Mamet script, Danny DeVito directed it. That's pretty... That's interesting. I'm going to watch it just to... I, all the people involved... John C. Riley's in it, too? I mean, if you don't like it, you could always just turn it off. Uh. <laughs> I could just go bury it where no one could find it. That's right. <laughs> uh, do you want your second... I was here your second... Um, your second actor uh, choice right, for right. Warren. So I, I'll, I'll start. Like both of my other two are serious, but one I think would be a tougher sell. Okay, so, so which I'm going to go with the tougher with? sell. Okay, uh, Steve Buscemi. Okay, I think it's a good pick because I think that it needs to be. I think all three of these Erps are pretty like rugged, well built, kind of classic looking American men, right? Yeah. And I I think that what this trio needs is someone that will just call all three of them out on their nonsense and BS, and and Steve Buscemi would do a really good job portraying that kind of a character. I don't I have no idea if Warren Earp was like that, but um, but I I think that Steve Buscemi would would have good chemistry with this cast. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um. And I'm just now looking up what Warren Earp looks like for the first time. I I think and that's he actually. I mean, I'm not saying he looks like Steve Buscemi, but like he looks work. he looks fairly slight of build, huge mustache in all the pictures, which is funny. But well, yeah, he looks kind of like uh, Casey Affleck in oh, some okay. of these pictures I'm looking at. I I I'm gonna go with what I think is my best choice. It might be harder to do, but I think it would add, uh, much like Buscemi, this would be an example of another great actor, okay. or at least loved actor in Tombstone. The age works. He would be young. He's not quite a star, but he would be shortly after this, and now at that point we could really... Um, yeah, well, that's really what work. you should be going for. You can't, like, you already have some star power in this movie, yeah. so you got to find someone that's not going to steal the scene. And we're going with someone who can, who can be angry. I'm okay. gonna go with Nicolas Cage. What? He's a yeah. huge star by then. No, a '93. He'd been in Moonstruck and been in all kinds of movies. Not a huge star. I he's think a star, he was, but not like he. He. You know, this, he w- I would say he was as famous as Kurt Russell. Uh, he won an Oscar two years after this. Well, I mean, I have a second choice. Yes, two years after that. So before that, '93, he had been in uh, Wild at Heart. And like Moonstruck, I guess in '87, Raising Arizona. But he had, you know, he's pretty famous, man. I don't know. All right, well, maybe you don't have the budget for it. I have an option if you don't have the budget for it. But until now, that's my. If I'm shooting for the stars, I'm gonna get Nicolas Cage in that role. All right. I. I mean, I. I will. <laughs> is is Warren Earp like the younger brother? He's the youngest. So he's younger than Morgan. Oh, so you have to have somebody. Okay, shoot. Yep. Yep. I was kind of like thinking. I didn't really think about facts, so I was gonna. 
I was thinking of someone in between Wyatt and Virgil. Okay. All right. Okay. So who's um, your last one? My 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 ultimate serious answer is uh, Chris Cooper. Oh, that's good. Uh, what was I he think, doing in '93? Well, uh, a movie that I think is kind of underrated that he was in a couple years. Hold on, I'm at his IMDb page. Let me scroll down. He did a movie that was I think is really underrated as kind of a. It's a western, but more of like a contemporary western called Lone Star. Okay. That was directed uh, by uh, John Sayles. Who's, and he's who's, in Lonesome Dove, too, which is amazing. Yeah. And uh, so he would have been 40, like 41 or so. so he's technically so he would older have been, than Bill Paxton. Yeah, but younger than the other two brothers. So it wouldn't yeah. totally work age-wise, but whatever. Who cares? This movie doesn't pay attention to facts anyways. But... Uh, he yeah so he so this was what 93 yeah so he was mostly doing tv work at that time and then lone star i think was kind of where he that was kind of a breakthrough film for him um and then he did a time to kill also and then uh and then in 99 he did october sky and american beauty both and i think those were two movies where he kind of really broke through as a as an excellent character actor and obviously adaptation is him at the peak of his powers in my opinion yeah but he's he's good in american beauty too but that movie kind of hasn't aged all that well but adaptation i love and uh yeah i just i've always thought he has a really commanding presence on the screen and i think he could fit because if we're gonna have another erp we're gonna have four erps we need somebody who can like kind of command some attention without saying a whole lot, which yeah. is what Sam Elliott can do. Yep. And you need someone else that can do that too. And I think Chris Cooper could. I like that. I like that pick better than mine. Uh, I have a final pick here. This is you know you're you gotta you gotta be thoughtful on your budget. Um, I had decided on this before I actually looked up their filmography. You know, find out something interesting there. Uh, but essentially Warren Earp. I read about him a couple weeks ago. He is uh, temper. He's got a temper issue, right? Okay. Someone who could portray being angry. Um, Tom Sizemore. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Yeah. Who that's apparently pretty good. played Bat Masterson in Wyatt Earp. Yeah, he's been in all kinds of stuff. And, well, both of us love Heat quite a bit. Yes. Uh, we're both stands for Michael Mann. Yep. But uh, he, <laughs> did you see, as we're recording this, uh, he recently had an interaction with a fan on Twitter. Yes, I did. Do You did he, see that? Because someone said how it was weird to see him in Twin Peaks. And he got, he did some really scary things to this guy on Twitter. And I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, he's, he just sent like gifts. Tom Sizemore sent Tom Sizemore staring down angry gifts at some person on the internet. He cyberbullied someone on the internet with footage from his own his own acting career. Bless him. So good. Like if I was if I was like famous, I would I would pay interns to to troll people like that for sure too. Actually, probably I would just I would just be drinking some Tom Van wine and doing that myself actually, let's be honest. So if uh Tom Sizemore in 93 
he would have you would have had to get well obviously you would have had to talk him out of doing Wyatt Earp yeah the next year and then you also would have had to get him out of uh True Romance probably yeah that's the biggest movie he did that year wow he's in a man he's been in a lot of movies yeah um i Joe, we're we're at we're at minute one hundred right now, and I was what? thinking, yeah, if this was a TV show, we would this would be our highlight episode. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Where there would we'd be, be and uh, we'd also be in syndication after this now too. Is that what happens? I don't episodes. know if that's the rule anymore, but that kind of used to be the benchmark. Oh man, I got way too close to the mic there. I'm sorry. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that if this is syndicated and they just didn't play it in the right order? <laughs> <laughs> you would just tune in and be like, "Oh, weird bit forty-eight. Okay. All right. Well, if we, got, yeah, uh, we we could get all that sweet syndication money, and then we could be the next Steve Bannon. Mm. Do you get that? Maybe, yeah. maybe no one's going to get that. But yeah, he got a bunch of he, money out of syndication for Seinfeld. Anyways, a hundred episodes, yeah. hundred one if we count our our special ep. Yeah, I don't, the Saturday and... ones, the sat, the weekend episodes are just special material for our for our our um, listeners. We might have one other one coming up towards the end, but uh, well, but... I I let me put it this way: like if we're thinking about like a hundred episode, like the, like even Seinfeld, like lots of different sitcoms would do like their best of compilations. Yep. Yep. If anybody edited together a best of of this, I would I would absolutely give you twenty dollars. <laughs> Out of my own pocket, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and I'd probably. And if also... it was all just Rob saying something insane, with ten second silences in between each one, uh, I'll give you forty dollars. And if you you spend all that time doing that, we'll also make sure any email we send you has the suicide hotline number on it too, <laughs> because <laughs> you should be spending your time doing something yeah, else. Let's, let's not be silly. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not happening. This is one of our longest episodes. For yeah, non-Huckleberry. Happy Hour Friday. Uh, anything else on this before uh, before we, we end it? And uh, don't worry. We'll be back next week for 101. Yeah. You know, do, do, in our survey, yeah. um, did you ask anything about our, our Huckleberries? And I know it doesn't totally work because it started before we had some new Huckleberries. Yeah. Um, I, I we, guess basically what... Um, Mostly because almost all, not all of them, but a lot of our huckleberries are our friends, and our friendship is built. Would you say largely around making fun of each other? Yeah, that's most what most male friendships are like. Uh, Tombstone Minute at Gmail dot com. Let us know who's your favorite huckleberry. We won't tell them. We won't. Well, uh, yeah. Well, if you say something, if you if you got a pretty sick burn about one of them, and we're confident it won't make them sad. We'll tell them, but uh, mostly it'll just be Rob and I laughing together about them. But I, I think our Huckleberries have uniformly been great. Yeah, I do too. Uh, like so, we've gotten a lot of feedback about us and how great we are. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even finish that without laughing. We'd love actually some feedback uh, about our our Huckleberries who give up a lot of their time to doing the research, watching the minute, and doing the recording. Uh, if you want to send them some love, uh, email us tombstoneminute at gmail.com. And, and if we get some some good feedback that it will, isn't from the Huckleberries themselves, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll read those on the air. Send them some love too. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're still 30 minutes left, or 30 episodes left, but I know we're at 100, but um, I am incredibly thankful for people, if you're listening right now, uh, that you're listening to this, and uh, echo what Joe said, our Huckleberries, to jumping on and um, doing this with us. We've had friends do, we've had people from other shows that have come on, and uh, it's been great. It's been super fun, and it's made this ridiculous idea worth doing for us nice to have a posse to roll with right that's right we've learned anything (laughs) the tombstone minute vendetta ride that's right all right we'll be back next week we have five new episodes for you we have a new huckleberry next week as well yeah brand new all right take it easy